Welcome to Sofa Gamers Raw. What up, podcast? Bex here. I hope you guys are having a great day. Today is the last episode of 2020, and I want to thank you all for being here today listening to the show but above all for each and every one of you that throughout this 59 episodes that were recorded in 2020 you were here supporting listening sharing reviewing just being an amazing and kind audience and i am super grateful to have incredible people listening to the show so a big shout out to everyone that every week every episode is here listening it means a lot to me and it's very hard sometimes to put it in words to just imagine that i record something and someone in a different part of the world is taking minutes of his or her time to listen to my message. It's mind-blowing, it's incredible, and I am super grateful to have you guys around. Thank you so much for being here with me throughout this incredible journey. And before I move on to today's topic, I just wanna make a request. If you like what you listen, because it's almost 60 episodes, so I assume that you've been listening to a few. So if you enjoy the show, leave your review in Apple Podcasts or in any other platform that allows for reviews. Say what you think about the show, be honest, be transparent. And if where you listen to this doesn't allow reviews, just share it whenever you can, taking a screenshot when you are listening, tagging me, sharing it in your social media. And this way I can check that out, give you a proper shout out there and also here in the podcast. So thank you so much for, for doing that. And also there is a very cool feature that I already used. You can record an audio message using the link that is in the description of each episode and you can ask me a question and I can reply it in an upcoming episode or you can just say something about a specific topic or a specific episode, what you think about that and I can include it here in the podcast and I think that's so cool to have different voices being heard in this platform because this is an audio platform so it makes sense that you can send me your audio messages so do that please don't be shy don't worry just put out there whatever you think about the show or whatever you want to say and i will include it you will be featured you will be part of this podcast your voice will be there in an episode and that's awesome so let's move on to today's topic of the podcast to close the year with something that I think it's very cliche and I want to approach that and give you my point of view. When we get to this time of the year, the end of each year, I hear a lot of people talking about New Year's resolutions. And of course, as this got institutionalized, you see it, a lot of people using it and it kind of 
gathers people around it because we like to share stuff we like to say what we want to do better during the next year right we all saw this already in motion for a few days now or a few weeks and what i find interesting about this this cliche but I'm, and I'm not criticizing anyone. It seems that most people, they just think about what they want to change or improve in their lives when the year ends. So a, year, a full year passed, now you're gonna take some action. Of all those things that people list, normally nothing gets done. Because when we focus on change, but we did not develop the habit of changing ourselves during each day, during each week, during each month. So that will make every couple of months or three months or six months or a year then easy to actually perform changes because we are going to the small, actionable and measurable things in our life, such as a behavior, a thought, a mentality, a mindset that we have or a reaction we have to something and if we really want to change that we have to do that work every day and constantly not thinking that okay i'm gonna work myself into countering a negative thought with a positive one during 2021 but then when shit hits the fan every week of your year you get annoyed the same way and then after that happens you will say ah crap i should have done this now and you didn't so effectively nothing is changing it's just you in the end of a year you made a list of stuff that probably will not happen i don't mean that there's not a very good intention there but between an intention and an action goes a long way <laughs> so we 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 used to i remember doing a course many years ago and it was about visualization mentalization and at a point during the course, the teacher said, okay, now let's do this exercise. You have this pen here in the edge of the table. Now you will close your eyes and you will imagine that the pen is moving to the other side of the table. Okay. And then everyone closed their eyes. It's like you see it clearly in your head, the pen passing from one side of the table to the other. And then you open your eyes. What happened? Nothing. The pen is still in the same place, right? cool now right after that you would say okay now next exercise everyone grab the pen and now put it on the other side of the table that's it done it happened and what I mean by this is that it's so important and I, I nurture this a lot and I teach this a lot and it's key for us to have power of visualization having a strong mentalization to define in the back of our heads, in our subconscious, where we want to get and how we want to do things and how we want to build ourselves to be better. This is very important. It is key. It's part of a big process. But if you just dwell on the mental side of things, it's very hard to achieve because if then you don't take action to, in fact, put in motion all the things you've been mentally working on, they will probably not happen. So what I mean by this is whatever you set yourself to do, whatever commitment you do with yourself, you need to take action for things to happen. And when it comes to these resolutions, 
New Year's resolutions is that if you put it in paper, if you put it in your head, it will probably just stay in those places because then rarely are the humans that really follow up or there's lack of planning or because there is lack of knowledge to move forward in that area or because you need to hire someone to teach you or to help you to get there. Depends a lot on the situation. And of course, you can work a lot on self-sufficiency and that's perfect and much needed. But there are things that we probably need someone to, to help us out. And that's fine to ask for help or to hire someone to help, you know? So if you are someone that works in New Year's resolutions and you think they work, be very mindful of all the steps you have to take for all of those things to effectively happen. I don't want by any means discourage you or making you think that it's not okay to do that. It is okay if you follow up, if you follow through to actually perform those shifts in your life. And of course, always remember, if you keep doing the same things and you expect different results, that's utopia, doesn't exist. If you want different results, you have to do different things. Just keep that in mind because sometimes we have to eat a bit of dirt, chew on something less tasty to create something new, but we also have the capacity of then turning all that that seems bitter and hard into something very tasty and sweet a few months or years ahead. So patience as well. Now just to kind of close this resolutions approach before I can link it to the world of video games because of course it's possible. <laughs> As I was saying in the beginning, start by things that are simple and that you can really start doing every day. I will give you an example that might seem silly or very basic, but it goes as far as this to effectively make a difference. Because if you make a lot of small changes and you keep those changes consistent and going, the way they compound is so powerful that will allow you to create a base of change in habits, behaviors, thoughts, approaches, conversations, you name it, that then the so-called big things will be easier because you already have a very strong base in what are the basics, in what are the simple things. So flossing. Do you floss every day? Maybe yes. Congratulations if you do. If you don't and you want to do it, make that commitment with yourself that starting tomorrow, don't wait for next year. We are almost there, but you can start tomorrow or today, even better. But you can start today. From here on, I will floss every day. And if you need, you can even set an alarm in your, in your phone, you know? Or, I mean, there's a lot of... I'm not going to talk about ways because you have apps. A lot of people use their own way to be able to do all those those things. So there are a lot of different ways to to remind ourselves of what we have to do. I know I don't want to go that way. You choose the way it works best for you. But just as an example, you can set an alarm in your phone like flossing time. Do it the day after. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Tick that out. Okay, you did consistently for two, three, four weeks. Perfect. Now add something else. 
What's the next habit you wanna, you wanna improve? What's the next change you wanna bring into your life? Ah, maybe I'm spending too much time on my phone in an unnecessary way. Like I'm losing time on social media instead of be building something, I'm just scrolling, scrolling, putting likes, or just scroll, you know what I mean, right? So set yourself a specific time. You can limit the time you spend on those platforms or even better, if you spend time on those platforms, define strategic ways of spending that time in a useful way, creating your brand, making connections with people, building friendships, etc. you know? And starting today, do that. Do it one week, two, three, four weeks. Next, what's the next habit you want to achieve? Mm, whenever someone talks with me this way, I get defensive, I get bothered. I don't like it, you know, it makes me feel bad. I want to respond this way, uh, but I know that deeply doesn't serve me. I have to be more open, have less ego in the process and be more open-minded to criticism or whatever. All right. That's good. Good to recognize that. So write it down and then list how do you want to behave instead when those situations happen to you. And you write down, I want to feel confident in accepting criticism. It's for a reason. It's to make me grow. It's to make me look at myself in a different way and do things better, to serve better, to work better, to deliver in a more meaningful way. Okay. Cool, great. Now do that for a week, two, three, four weeks. Then move on to the next thing you want to change, to the next resolution you want to make in your life. And think of it this way. Instead of you wanting to make 50 changes in your life during 2021, choose 12. One change, one improvement per month. Imagine how it would feel to arrive to the end of 2021, look back and say, I was able to improve 12 aspects of my life consistently, keeping them, not sliding back, and I feel so much better, so much more empowered, so much more confident in my abilities because I nailed this. I was able to do it with patience, with resilience, I was able to move forward from all those things that were not serving me. And throughout an entire period of 365 days, I was able to make 12 positive changes that now I really feel that my life is changing for the better. So do small things, build resilience and muscle strength in your brain, if this makes sense and go at your own pace. Do those 12 changes, but do them because you want, because you know you will be accountable and know that you can fulfill your part of the bargain with yourself and perform those number of actions, even if you choose like six or five or four or even one. If, if you are able to change something and keep it, it's already a win and celebrate those small wins, those small steps, because that will build confidence and structure for all the other things you want to change. So that's kind of my tip advice for the upcoming year, that it's around the corner. 
that you are able to implement smaller changes but changes that will actually stay with you and that in a year period you can look back and congratulate yourself for how well you did when you took that decision today to make those changes. I just gave examples, of course you can do this for whatever you want, if you already have a good base of simpler habits, just go for bigger things, but don't go for crazy stuff, because that often ends up in frustration, and if you can do less, but consistently and effectively, it will have a much more powerful effect, because as I was saying before, it compounds, and whenever it compounds, it not only doubles, the effect it's much much bigger now how can we take this to the world of video games like create resolutions <laughs> well here's one getting rid of the backlog for example i talked about this in the beginning of the show when i started the podcast it was one of the first episodes i recorded it was episode number seven it was called the most efficient way to get rid of your backlog so i give you a tip there if you never listened to this episode go back episode number seven back in june and you can check my tips to change the backlog but this is something that most gamers have we we like to have a good library of games like many of us like to have a good library of books this doesn't necessarily mean that we already read all the books we own right but they are good we want to have them because at a point we will read them with video games it's the same there are titles that are so important and good that even if we are not able to play them right away we want to own them to soon sometimes not so soon jump in and enjoy that experience but if we keep growing our library that backlog of games just grows right so one of the things you can do besides listening to episode number seven of the podcast is to maybe buy less this next year or buy with more accuracy towards the kind of experience you like to have. That kind of game that is more tailored to your style, you know? Sometimes we want to cover a big ground and then it doesn't happen. Me, for example, I basically eliminated specific genres of games because I, or by experience, I, I played them in the past and I know that right now in this moment of my life, I cannot play them, you know? or because there are styles that even if there is a title there that is or appealing or very well done i know that it's not my kind of game so i will not add that game into my library because that increases the weight of my backlog even more so this is one one example another thing we can do is to spread the word with the community that we already are part of mainly in social media spread all the positive things those games you've been playing they have or what they made you learn or if they have something educational or if you learned a skill there you learned about history let's say or you learned about specific contexts of tennis or motorsports or basketball or baseball or football you know you learned something from playing that video game so share that more with the community because often i see that especially on instagram because it's a very visual platform 
we share a lot of beautiful pictures of things we own or games we play, but many times it's empty in the sense of not having attached that message. Because let's say if we take a picture of, of a steelbook or of a collector's edition, I'm talking about things that I do, I do that. But whenever I share an image like that, I also write a text about that experience I had with that game. And I think the community needs more of that because I discussed this thoroughly in, in the podcast in many different areas, how important video games can be to make us better human beings. I truly believe that. And if in the content we share, we are able to pass a more deliberate message of all the positive things we took from that video game experience or that we still take because there are games that we play kind of non-stop or that we dive in frequently, you know, and each time is different. Each time something new pops up that it was always there, but maybe we didn't notice. But now this time we did. So share more of that with, with the community because it's needed, you know, it's really needed. And finally, something that I think it's really interesting to, to do more is to elevate that video game experience to a level where we can touch education. Not only education for kids, mainly for parents that have kids that play video games. Because I also mentioned this, but I think it's really, really, really important. Often kids or young teenagers, they play games that are not appropriate for them to play. And they play because they look cool, because they are trendy, because in school their colleagues do them. So you know how this, this works. If we are able to every now and then drop a seed regarding video games and education, what our kids can learn in those experiences and make it something stronger, more visible, that is put out there with more frequency, I think this is important. Because just to give you a final example, and it, it, it's related with this of education. I remember when my daughter was five, I guess she was five, and in school at a point, school where she was, they had this guy coming to give a speech about screen time and of course video games and how bad video games can be for children, blah, blah, blah. And when I saw that, I didn't like it. I didn't like it for the sole reason that you throw everything in this, into the same bag. And for example, and I know this also by experience because this, I guess, happens to all parents, or even if you don't have kids, you saw this happening at a point in your life with friends or with family. Imagine you are in a dinner, right? What happens when parents wants to want to drink their wine and keep talking with the kids without them bothering them? Eh, here, take the phone, do whatever you want, right? Give them YouTube or something like that or a silly game to play on the phone. And then you can stay there one hour or two, fine. But out of that context, you are very assertive regarding screen time. But then when it's for your own benefit, you're fine. And what's the problem here is that you give the child, well, first of all, you are doing something that is not okay, but then you give the child something that you didn't tailor, you didn't control, you didn't choose. You don't know what's gonna happen there. And I already saw that if you have a kid that spends X amount of time, let's say on YouTube, seeing silly videos of kids opening up toys because there are brands that sponsor them, of course it's business, or playing around the house, etc. What is your kid learning actually? 
zero, right? Still, some kids, they spend more than one or two hours per day doing that. Now, instead of doing this, if you have an X amount of time to give to your child during the week to play a video game that will actually teach something to the kid, would you throw that into the same bag? I wouldn't. So that there's always context here. You can say that video games are bad for kids. You can say that video games are bad for adults. You can say that they are good for kids and for adults. Depends on the context, depends on what you are giving to them. If you are giving them something to stimulate their brain, to push them to learn, to push them to understand, to make them realize that there are skills there that can be learned instead of them being like a vegetable looking to a screen watching a silly video. Is that the same? It's not the same by any means. So if you are able to tailor this and show what good can be brought from that type of screen time that's being used, then things change. It's not the same. You can't throw everything in the same bag. So that's how I want to close this. That's how I want to finish this already long episode to close the year of 2020 with the Sofa Gamers Raw podcast, a project that started in June. And here we are closing the year and looking forward to all the great things 2021 will bring. I am super pumped for next year for <laughs> so much goodness that is coming. And once again, I really, really appreciate you guys for, for being here and for being part of this amazing ride. And with it, I hope to deliver some value, help you somehow and be of service with the words I share here through this platform. So I want to wish you all a great year, a great 2021, and that you can really set yourself to do small, consistent changes so you can build a very strong base for your future that I'm sure will be very bright if you keep the right and positive attitude and keep working to make yourself always wanting to learn and to be better. So that's it for today, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to today's episode of the show, the last one of 2020. And I hope to see you guys soon, really soon, right next week in 2021 for a new episode of the podcast. Until then, take care, my friends, and have a great day.